Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spees, Director of Advancement here at DCC, and we are continuing in our series of podcasts highlighting the callings and ministries of DCC alumni, which we have titled, Where Are They Now? And we've been focusing our podcast the past couple of months on our alumni as a lead up to our 71st homecoming celebration that took place just this past weekend. Joining us today is one of DCC staff members who is also an alum of the college. He goes by JC, but he's not the big JC. Yes. yes. Jean-Claude St. Just. Jean-Claude, we're glad you're here. Glad to be here. Good. Jean-Claude graduated from DCC in the year 2000 with a degree in Bible and Management. He completed his master's degree at Abilene Christian University in Human Communication. Jean-Claude married Danique in 2003, and they have two children, ages 15 and 4, which he said keep him hopping. Is that a good description? That's the highlight of my life, yes. <laughs> All right. Jean-Claude has served in several capacities here at DCC, including being an adjunct professor in our business department. He currently serves as a financial aid counselor and also oversees veterans affairs. And I had the privilege of traveling with Jean-Claude on a mission trip to his home country of Haiti back in the summer of 2010, just a few yeah. months after the devastating yeah. earthquake that happened that year in January. So facilitating our interview is the voice of the DCC Leadership Podcast, and as I always emphasize, a 1976 DCC <laughs> graduate, Mr. Mark Worley. So Mark, I'm going to turn it over to you so you can get our discussion going with Jean-Claude. Yes, years ago. Years ago. Years yeah, ago. several years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Well, Jean-Claude, it's, it's really good. Thank you for taking the time. I, I just, I can remember uh how you got to dcc but why don't you share a little bit about that it's a pretty interesting story how did you wind up at, at dallas christian college in the first place well as uh as you said you've heard the story uh several times i i suppose uh but uh to really understand the connections you know from how it all started to where it ended when I was a student here, I have to go back to a very early part of my life because I believe all those uh, segments kind of intersected together to make it all happen. Uh, I was born in uh, a very small town in, in, in the southern part of Haiti, uh, and some of you may be familiar with the earthquake where that happens right now that's actually my original hometown that's where I was born mm. and uh, so we attended a very small church uh, close to about less than a mile from where my our house was and that was also where I first started uh, elementary school if you can believe that so between church on Sundays and uh, uh, school on the weekdays so that's become a second home for me uh, pretty much and the pastor there was actually a blind preacher named Faril Dieu and uh, for those of you who know a little bit of French Dieu actually is the French word for God so you could imagine it wasn't always pleasant calling him Mr. God you know so <laughs> Uh, so he 
I looked up to him quite a bit as a father figure in my life, and uh, he also was a good man that really took me in uh, as a kid. So one day I decided that I wanted to give him a gift, and uh, I didn't have anything to give him, so I collected a bunch of ma mangoes uh, from uh, mango trees that my mother had on our property. So I took those to him, and he said, uh, well, thank you, I should do something for you too. But he doesn't know what he should do for me, so he ended up telling my mother later on that uh, he could get me get into a children's home in the capital city in Port-au-Prince. Uh, and uh, I, at first, I said my mom would never let me go, uh, you know. But uh, she assured her that uh, I would be able to go to better school and get a better education and she would be able to visit me whenever she wanted and I could go back during the summer and spend time with her. So she said, well, as long as I get to see him whenever I want to, then yes, he can go. Mm -hmm. So she let me go and uh, I think when I was nine, I moved to Port-au-Prince as, as a kid and uh, joining that children's home, which had a, a branch actually in Kansas, Oklahoma. And that's where I met uh, Ralph and Leona Goldman, who, bless their heart, they're no longer uh, with us. Uh, and we developed a great relationship there. And uh, so when it was time for them to move out of Haiti, because they were the original directors for that uh, children's home, and uh, they originally worked at the uh, branch in Kansas, Oklahoma, and then they were transferred to Haiti to direct that uh, mission there. So it was time for them to come back to the States and they were, uh, Cooks on Hills were ended, ending their involvement with the mission in, in Port-au-Prince. So they transferred all the assets to a new uh, organization and uh, that's when they decided, you know, you can't leave your guys behind because all, there were five of us that, that were in charge of the transition while they were finalizing everything. So uh, they decided after the transition was over that they will uh, bring us over to the States to start college. That's amazing. So, and so, I have never heard that story. Uh, so, so uh, well, I've heard it before. It's pretty yeah, incredible. So the five guys wound up coming to Dallas Christian College as a result of Carl Burns. Yeah. And uh, so, so here you were. So what was it like... I mean, were there any interesting uh, transitions to the U.S. culture? Oh, there sure was. Um, the chance we had when we first came to the state is we had a chance to travel throughout uh, several states before we actually ended at Dallas Christian College in the, uh, for the, for, to start school. Uh, so uh, Ralph... Uh, bought a minivan just for that purpose uh, for us to just because we had a lot of people that we had uh, befriended throughout the years who are missionaries going taking short-term mission trip uh, to Haiti where uh, one of the things that I remember doing quite a bit as, as a young man there was traveling uh, through the mountains and interpret you know uh, translate you know for uh, missionaries when they come in and uh, 
to go to the different events and so forth. So, yeah. uh, so we had a chance to return the favor when we get to the state. So now we got to go and visit them and spend you know time with them, uh, several of them. So yeah, that we traveled probably through five or six states. We actually ended up at uh, in Florida. Uh, the last trip we took was to Disney World uh, before we ended. Dallas Christian College. So what was school. all that like? What was the impression? It was awesome. It was great. Uh, uh, seeing highways, you know, on top of highways, you know, and, uh, uh, traffic was really fast. <laughs> That's what I remember. Yes. Faster than Haiti. <laughs> Faster than Haiti, for sure, because I was, uh, we, we, you can drive fast, but uh, probably not a good idea. So... Uh, I remember, I remember when you guys were going to all, all five guys were going to school here, and uh, you and I have talked about this. I remember having a conversation with one of the guys, and I was like, "Man, if you, you know, if you don't get your grades up, man, you're going to have to go back." And he looked at me and said, "I will never go back." <laughs> and I said, "No, no, no. If you don't do your grades, uh, you've got to go back." He said, "I will never go back," and he never went back. Uh, not to stay, at least. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's gone back a few times, uh, yeah. just like we've had, but yeah. So that I was know. interesting. So uh, I would imagine that you your, your thinking was the same, although your grades were great. But, uh, you know, once you left Haiti, was it a matter of saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay here? Uh, no, actually, it was different for me. Um, I don't know why, but uh, in fact... I had a, a, a brother-in-law in, -law in uh, Boston, and uh, I was about to graduate, and we're in a conversation, and he asked me, what are you going to do next? And I said, well, you know, I am thinking that I may try to find a mission organization and see if I could go back and, and help uh, in some capacity. and. At that time, things were never really good in, in the country. You know, there was still chaos. And uh, he said, you know, um, I understand if that's what you want to do, but if I were you, I would probably uh, stay here for a little bit longer to until things calm down in the country. Yeah. So that's when I ended up getting married and all of that kind of. But, but yeah, I did actually think that so, I was going back. Yeah, man, there's so many questions. Uh, so so you married a uh, Haitian? Yes. And so, so how did that come about? <laughs> that in itself is a story because <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure that God had a hand in that because uh, uh, that was when I was in graduate school uh, and uh, a, a Former, a friend of mine who actually that I know that her parents when I was in Haiti uh, we weren't neighbors but we weren't living too far apart you know in, in that town where I was when I was born and uh, so she and her parents and her uh, siblings lived in Boston and she called me on the phone and said you know um, I know we haven't talked for a while and uh, but I have a friend that I'd like you to meet. Okay, so it's one of those it's deals. Those deals. And, uh, that's, that's the old e-harmony. E e-harmony, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I have and, a friend. I have a friend that I'd like you to meet. And I, I mean, I was in my second year of grad school at that time, and I asked, 
uh, where does the friend live again? And she said, well, she is in Florida. And I said, no, that's interesting. You live in Boston, I live in Texas, and you want me to meet someone in Florida. <laughs> so little did I know that uh, the next voice I will hear on the phone, she had already contacted my wife now <laughs> then to tell her that she was going to have me on the phone. And then the next voice, I said, hello. And I was like, oh. I didn't know there was a third person <laughs> on the line. Man, you were set up. I was set up. And uh, <laughs> so I started talking, and uh, I thought, okay, at first I thought that could end up being a beautiful friendship and things like that. I never thought anything yeah. about, you know, uh, becoming serious or anything. So to make a long story short, uh, <laughs> Six months later, I was on, on a plane to Florida to meet her face wow. to face for the first time. And about a year later, we got married. So wow. we did, I think the whole thing didn't last a year and a half. It was under a year and a half we got married and brought her from Florida, uh, moved to now, Texas. Is she from the same Haitian area that you are? Uh, she actually was the bigger town, but the, not the, the small town where I was born. So, yeah. so that's how I knew her. Uh, in fact, the places that she knew, she started telling me about them. And I said, yeah, I know exactly where that is so, because I live yeah. there. I've been through that street. So she knew the same general area that I knew, but we didn't know each other when I was so, in Haiti. So let's go back briefly. Okay, you come to Dallas Christian College. Mm -hmm. And so what was that like uh, beginning here at DCC? Well, at first it was rough because I had to uh, improve my English, obviously. Uh, I, I thought I knew English pretty well, <laughs> but it's, it's different when everything you know, is in that language. So I translated, I traveled with missionaries throughout the country when I was there. Uh, but coming here and have to really be consumed only with that, it was a little rough. So uh, I thought I was doing well in classes when I first started. Then they said, no, we can, uh, we'll have you do some uh, ESL uh, classes. So I spent the majority, the major part of uh, the fall semester really doing English classes. Uh, yeah. So we had to pass a certain test before we could go back into regular classes, so that's what we did. So yeah. culturally, mm -hmm. I mean, what, what were some of the unique things that you came across here culturally? Well, I think uh, because of my interaction with Americans and, you know, the Gomans, uh, there were a lot of the holidays that we were celebrating there that they are familiar with here as well. So there were not, I mean, obviously there were some adjustments generally uh, with a new culture, but there are a lot of things that I was quite familiar with in some ways because of my uh, upbringing and my interaction with, with those so, Americans. So, uh, you know, coming from Haiti, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about this earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, just the news that happens out of Haiti, either, you know, hurricanes or 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 uh, even more recently, 
you know, I guess it's, I don't want to make it political, but along the border, you know, there, there was a whole group of Haitians. So, so when you see something like that on television or you hear about something like that, how, how does that impact you knowing, hey, I, I come from the same background as yeah. these guys? Yeah. It's one of those things you have to wonder, okay, if I were in the situation, would I do the same thing? And I've never been able to answer that question for me because I, I don't know how I would react if I were in the same situation. Uh, but uh, it, it's always shocking, though, uh, that people would risk their lives, you know, to get to a place and not knowing what exactly they're going to face. And to me, that says a lot about uh, a state of desperation mm. where even though I don't know how things will be, it's surely will be better than what I'm leaving behind. And and I think that's that's what comes to my mind in their head. They're thinking, you know, it's so bad that even if I die going to where I'm going, that'll be fine. Wow. So that those are the, the ideas that comes to my mind when so, I see that is the desperation and, and hope that always hoping that they wouldn't have to do that and any any culture any group you know to have that desperation to be able to yeah, think hate, that way well is haiti crazy. is considered one of the poorest countries in the world i've been to west africa man i've seen unbelievable poverty that i thought i would see in mexico or even india or uh, you know wherever mm-hmm. but i've never been to haiti uh, scott has uh from what he just said but so so man, when you're talking about the uh, one of the poorest countries in the world, did you know that when you were a, a child? I've always said I think God has always, I mean, make things happen in a way for me that I don't think I really suffer uh, hunger. Oh, I feel like even though. My mother didn't have a lot, but we always had enough. Um, and, and that kind of has instilled in me uh, a sense of uh, not worrying about being anxious about things because it looks like God has always been looking out mm. in some ways and kind of, how do how they say that, um, work upstream kind of way for me because the way things have been orchestrated throughout my life, I have no, I can't take any credit for it, really. I mean, it doesn't matter how hard I can work, I don't, I couldn't really make it happen that way, you know, to find the person that I marry now who that becomes my partner in life and having the family that I have and having you guys, the Dallas Christian College, become not just a school that I attended, but also becomes a family uh, for me, has been things that I'm thinking, there's no way I could really put all that together. So it, it, so to answer your question, I did ne- never feel, I didn't feel like I was poor I know the country has problems and issues, but it looks like in my 
surrounding, I yeah. feel like I was okay. Wow. So, so do you, do you think everyone in Haiti has that same mindset? They just don't know any difference? Or, or do you think they're pretty aware that uh, uh, there's difficulties here? Of course, uh, it, it's gotten worse from the time I was there, to tell, tell you the truth. Um, I've left, it's been, what, over 20 years, 26 years? So that's a long time, you know. Uh, so it's almost like a lot of things that happened during that stretch of time where I do feel the country has gotten worse from the time I was there. Yeah. So which and even then you still had people who uh, still wanted to leave, but not at this rate that we're seeing. Yeah, you know? you're, you're a U.S. citizen now. Yes. Uh, how was that? Was it difficult? Was it? Again, as I said, it, it, I, I've I've had I, I don't want to say that I've had things easy because not necessarily I've. Do I've had to do what's required, um, but no. I mean, I I started as a uh, on a what we call a work visa uh, after grad school, and uh, when I got married, uh, I became a permanent resident, and then from there, I just apply for citizenship and didn't take that much and besides just paying <laughs> for and, and fill out the and paperwork. So now you pay taxes. And now I pay taxes, <laughs> correct. Yeah. You're you're a real American. Well I was still paying taxes as 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 a as a uh, on the work visa too. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's it maybe I pay more now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well man, it, I'm glad you're here. Well thank you. Uh, you you bring such uh, a delight to Dallas Christian College and uh I'm just so uh, proud of you and the work that you've done and are doing uh, to help students mm -hmm. to stay in school and to uh, continue down the road that, that you took years and years and years ago. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I'm glad uh, DCC is your extended family because that's what it I has feel. been. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, man, it, it's been a it's been an incredible journey. But thanks for sharing, man. I, I love to hear people's stories. Uh, Paul says in Romans one, I can't wait to hear your testimony of what God is doing in your life. And man, what a what a great uh, testimony. I, I wish we had more time to talk about your family, uh, your beautiful daughter and your son, who's a man. He's a big guy. He is. He's a beast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, he is, he is uh, getting there. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for sharing, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, if you are interested in learning more about Dallas Christian College, and you know, this is a, that's that's a, been a, a huge part of Jean Claude's story is the transformation that took place when he was a student and then the opportunity that he has to serve here now. But if you want to learn more about us, you can check us out at www.dallas.edu. I do want to mention uh, one of the uh, partners in ministry that we have worked with on our Kingdom Week trips. Uh, and it was the, uh, the people that we got to connect with back in uh, 2010 
is uh, Franz Prevail and his wife Road with Haitian Impact Christian Ministries. Uh, recently, I, I know Compass Christian Church has partnered with them in, in a lot of meal marathons. They've also uh, sent money down there when the earthquake and, and uh, hurricanes have hit. And so if you want to check them out at HaitianImpact.com, uh, there might be an opportunity for you to help as well. I just want to make sure you, you've got that link. But thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. Uh, we've enjoyed sharing stories from a lot of our alumni who are busy serving, making an impact in the world. Uh, and we're so proud of them and glad that we were able to this last weekend celebrate our homecoming uh, and honor a lot of them. So take care, stay safe, and we'll catch you next time.